We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. About this word, just didn't know when or where. I started to call some other guys and I said, man, I can't do that to them. And uh, so I want you to pray with me. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord. And I'm excited about this. Uh, On short notice, I'm excited. And let's just pray right now the Lord will have his way. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful congregation here today, for all of our classes, all of our teachers, all of our various ministries. Ask you to move us with your message today. Let your spirit, Lord, let us feel it. Let us recognize it, Lord. Let something be planted. Let there be a seed planted inside of us today. And you just have your way. Lord, touch all those that uh, may be watching today by some way, some electronic device, or listening in any kind of a way. Bless this message. Bless us to hear and understand and respond. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Just give me a good amen. Give the Lord a good amen. Hallelujah. How many of you believe he can? Amen. I'm going to read two verses and then you can just immediately be seated. We usually pray next, but I felt like we needed prayer early today. Amen. Philippians 4, 7 through 8. It's a, a fairly, uh, fairly well-traveled passage in most Bibles, but I see something out of it that fits today in March of twenty. 23, 4, 7 through 8. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, say true with me. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Give the Lord another hand clap before we're seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to talk to you. Uh, this morning for a little while, 30, 35 minutes maybe. Uh, It's time to control the narrative. Now, Paul is speaking to people. Imagine this. They're people that have repented. That means they've been forgiven. He's preaching to people and writing to people that understand the name and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ in their life. They have taken on his name and water baptism. All the church of Philippi had. And history bears that out. And then they had all been filled with the Spirit and uh, were being led by the Spirit. Obviously, there's always some people that you know, fall along the way. But uh, in, in theory and in principle, he's speaking to a church that has the same experience then that we have today. And so the Bible tells us there's no new sin. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing but things that are common. So people have been dealing with what messes us up for many, many, many centuries and generations and millennia. And so there's there's nothing that's not uh, common to us. But 
We live in a time today where communication is, uh, I'm going to say easy, but more than easy, it's, it's paramount. It has controlled everything going on. Communication's always been important, but it's never, ever, ever been at a level that it is at today. And so if hell... If the enemy, if Satan himself can control the narrative, if he can uh, dictate what the conversation will be, he'll win. He'll win because negative will prevail. Positive will be suppressed. Truth will be suppressed. A lie will be multiplied. If Satan can control the narrative and so... I just want to teach for a little bit, and I want to tie into some modern communication uh, ways, and I want to just say the same thing uh, in a modern way that, that Paul said. It's time that we write our story. Oh, this is going to be fun. So I want to, and I mean that literally, but... Uh, the word narrative, just uh, it, it's not a big word uh, at all. And I generally, if I know one, I don't try to use a big word. It's not my style. I want to just be corn and taters and, and such and just get the point across and let the Lord move. But the word narrative, here's what it means. A written or spoken account of events. That's the narrative. It's a written or spoken. It doesn't say it has to be true. Doesn't say it has to be right. It's just simply the meaning, a narrative. It's a written or spoken account of events. Paul is telling this church at Philippi that it is time for them to control their story. It's time for them to, to quit allowing the world to dictate what you take in and then therefore that's all you have to put out. And Paul recognizes this uh, uh, some 2,000 years ago now. And so uh, it hasn't changed. The methods have changed. But it's, it's still time for us to determine what narrative we want to be involved in. Remember, it's a written or spoken account of events. There's some things that we as spirit-filled, spirit-led people just don't need to be involved in. It's just not our place. It's not what we're called to do. It's not, it's not the will of God for our lives. So I want to teach about this for a little bit. Uh, Paul is obviously a very anointed writer. He's filled with the Holy Ghost, and he gives us plans. He, he, he speaks to us that we should be able uh, to tell our own story, to, to write our own hopes and dreams, to talk about our own desires and the lusts of the Spirit as opposed to the lust of the flesh. You know, your spirit has a lust. It wants something. It, it cries out for something fresh, something new, something pure, something different. Many people lay in bed at night and their spirit causes them to go into a deep cry and a moan and a weep because their flesh has controlled the narrative. It's time that we set a chorus, a chorus that says this is what we want to be told. All right? Watch this. And it can be that way. If the enemy can control what we write, how we view things, 
how we respond to things, how we see things, then he's controlling the narrative of our life. He controls the written or spoken account of who we are and what we do. I want to tell you something. When the enemy writes about you or gives you something to see, hear, taste, smell, feel, understand, respond to, I can promise you it will not be godly. And it will not be beneficial. Somebody said, well, I like keeping up with all that kind of stuff. But if that's what controls you, if that's what defines you, if politics defines you, then Christianity don't. If sports, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with politics. I keep up with politics, but it don't define me. If sports defines you, you know, if you can name all the players on the roster and how many yards and tackles they had and how many sacks and interceptions and touchdowns they had, but you can't quote uh, two scriptures or even know how many books are in the Bible, Something else is controlling the narrative of your life. Watch this. This, this, this really, really shocked me. And these days, I, I am shocked when I'm shocked. <laughs> it's just not much that shocks me anymore. So it shocks me to be shocked. It surprises me when I'm surprised. So here's what happens. I began to study. We have 128 major this is considered major social media sites in our world. 128 major. Now, don't get caught on that because we're going past that. 128 major social media sites, including private apps that are designed kind of like the one we have here, our church directory, where we can interact among the members. That, that's, that's, that's specifically set for a group. It means they're non-public. Get ready. There are 2 billion social networking sites that are non-public. Think about that a minute. 2 billion. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about websites. I'm talking about social media sites. I'm talking about where we can talk to one another and follow one another and see, see what's going on and send one another a message. That, that message that you get every now and then that's on a text message, that all comes through that church directory information. That's Sister Donna takes that information out of there, and of course she's probably now got it downloaded to something else, but in the beginning, it comes from that private social media site. It's what it is. It shares your name, your address, who you are. Do you want to be text? Do you want to know when something changes? Do you want an announcement? Okay, get in this private site and you'll get all that information. And so that's what there are. There's two billion of those communication sites. These are places where people can interact with other people uh, on virtually any given topic. We could write and share anything we want to share. Now, watch this. There is a known, this is counted, this is, this is clicks, they understand this. There are 7 billion people, they say, that have been counted. They've been clicked for, just like walking into a stadium. Every person, they know how many's there, someone's standing there. And there are 7 billion, many argue that there are 9 billion with a ceiling at 11 billion. 
Now, we're going to stick with the seven. I don't want to be too evangelistic and take the big number out of this deal. But let's just say they're correct. Most people agree that there's about seven billion people on the planet right now. We're just going to stay with that. Watch this. There are six billion active social media accounts. Thirty-two percent of the world are children. That means adults probably are part of three or four or five or six or ten. There's seven billion people, six billion memberships to public now. This is not the this is not including those private ones. These are, the, these are the 128 major ones. There are 6 billion accounts tied to those. That's unreal. Man, couldn't we have gotten a dime a piece? <laughs> if you don't believe that, watch this. If you don't believe the fact that these things can control, they, they can literally manipulate governments, Nations, privacy, politics, sports. People are moved and drawn by social media. It's the world's conversation. And Paul is writing about it. Although he's writing about it at that time in a different place. The Bible said that the word is is good for all teaching and understanding and knowledge. And so that means it applies to us today. So we have to put it in the perspective of what we deal with today. We don't deal with somebody running a letter on the back of a horse or a camel or a a six-week journey to tell somebody, you know, to to get a a 20-character letter out there. We deal in a different setting. And so Paul is speaking to us today about what we are today. Watch this. I I don't want to, to, to be misunderstood right here. But I want to say this, there's a deal before the U.S. House of Representatives and it will go forward and it will ultimately end up passing probably and it'll be signed off by the president and it won't be long until TikTok is not available in the United States. Uh, 22 or 23 states have already banned it. Uh, Some of the more conservative states say, we don't want TikTok. It tracks people. It tracks where their phone is. It tracks their IP address. It keeps all their information. It knows things about you. It's held, they say, by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And it it can know everything about you. It can know what you like. It can know what you eat. It can know where you go. It can know where you shop. It can know... It has so much information that the United States government... Now, when we say, we used to, growing up, you'd hear, oh, that would take an act of Congress. Nowadays, that really means something. Because when Democrats and Republicans agree 100% on anything, that's a miracle. And they have agreed. 400 plus present that day have agreed that TikTok should not be in our country. Let me tell you why. Because that site has worldwide influence and implication. There's through that, there's all kinds of trafficking of children. There's all kinds of marriages and things being destroyed. They, they tried to create something that can only be there for a little while and then it can't be followed by anybody except the owner. 
So it's a way for a 10 or 11 year old child to get on and talk to somebody and that information be erased before mom and dad can do anything with it but the CCP knows all about it. Oh, It influences us. It influences elections. It influences the way. Uh, I mean, they take polls every day. How much more money should we send to Ukraine? Should we send soldiers? Should we send airplanes? They do this in conversation on social media. It's how they reach the ear and the voice of the American people and people worldwide. So it's what Paul is preaching about in this setting. He's preaching about this today. And he says, whatever you do, make sure all these things are what you repeated. Amen. So I just want to say that the world desires to control the narrative. The world desires to control what we see, what we hear, what we read, what we say, our response to everything. The enemy wants to, matter of fact, if you put some things out there that are too godly or too hopeful, you'll be banned. Tell me hell doesn't want to control our conversation. Oh, watch this. I'm going to just share a few words that really, really come into play right here. Very first one that I chose to look at and try to find out what it meant, exactly what it does is a post. Anybody ever made a post? It's okay. I make them all the time. Made one yesterday. Invited everybody to church today. Anybody ever make a post? We've all made a post. Watch this. It is a piece of writing, an image, or other items of content published online, typically on a blog or on social media, on my post, or my watch, or this is where I am posted. This is my position. A post declares your position. Hey, look at our sushi. Take a picture. Everybody knows where you're at, where you're posted up at. What you're doing. Where you're at. Who you're with. You tag your friends in your post. The enemy wants to see to it that your post is never beneficial to society. It's a fact. The enemy wants to control that. And Paul is saying to us, in other words, we need to take control of our own narrative. We need to quit giving the enemy fuel to add to or take away from who we really are. Our post ought to be Right in the middle of the church. Our post ought to be right in the middle of prayer. Our post ought to be trying to work things out in friendships. Our post, that's where we're at. That's where we're fixed. That's where we're set. That's the position we're coming from. Hell desires to turn our post into open conversation that can be manipulated by the world. I don't ever want my post manipulated by the world. I don't ever want what I believe and what I stand for behind this sacred desk to be manipulated by people, by money, by power, by greed, by who might get mad and leave or who might get happy and come this way. I want to make sure my post is always... Hey, this is good anyhow. Amen. The next one I think about, and I 
looked up the definition of it, is text. How many of you text? We all text. Everybody texts. Brother Fuller texted me late last night. He said, hey, you know the temperature is dipping, just making sure the heat's on at the church. In his text, he let me know his post. His position was he was worrying about something freezing. And so he used his post to send me a text. Knowing that I have on my phone the application that turns the heat and air on. And I used it. That's why it feels so good in here today. Amen. It's not too cold. Text. A book or other written or printed material regarded in terms of its content rather than its physical form. So seeing it or holding it or looking at it is not what's important about text. What it says or means is what's important. That's that's by definition. Because you can read it or hold it or put it on a piece of paper and that's the text that you wrote. That's not even what's important. Its content is what makes it a text. Watch this. It is absolutely, I say absolutely, the will of God that when I create a text that the content is good, pure, clear, and understood. There's been so many friendships and things messed up and and people that just don't understand one another because you can't put connotation on a text. Somebody can say, I love you. Somebody else can say, love you. Is that the same words? But there's no connotation in a text. I've gotten to where I refuse to talk about serious things on a text. If I say it's going to be okay, I could be saying, hey, it's going to be okay. That's, it's a faith statement. Or it could be like, it's going to be okay. Quit worrying about it. You worry too much. It's, it's perceived ever how you want to perceive it because it's a text. It's not a word. And so here's what he's saying. Whatever you do, make sure it's right. So I want to tell you that hell wants to control what other people can read into what you write. But it's the will of God that we control the narrative. Uh, uh, let me hurry. Status. That's another one. Stat- oh, this gets real good right here. Status. It's the relative social, professional, spiritual, or other standing of someone or something. I know people all the time. It happens to me multiple times every week. Someone will forward me someone else's status. I'll take a picture of it. Did you see this? And they'll forward. It's never good. <laughs> Nobody ever sends me a, a forwarded status that said Junior got the Holy Ghost in their church in Indiana. It's complicated. Single. Separate. Separated. Divorced. Whatever. And so it, it, it's like. Okay, so you're going to spend your time reproducing a negative status. Enough of that. Here's what's even worse than that. When we see everybody else's status, 
their kids are all dressed up and their hair's combed right and they're A plus on a row and they're 4.0. And the fact is, they fight that kid every morning to even get out of bed. Mama was right out of the camera saying, Boy, if you don't smile, I will kick you in the next week. Why? Because that mama wants that status. Status says who we are. This is my status. I want to tell you what happens. When we get to looking at other people's status, we start getting a, woo, a spirit of less than. God is ready for us to write our own status. And if it's negative, he said, don't magnify it. Don't publish it. If it's good, put it out there. God is so good. Now, I'm going to give y'all my status when I woke up this morning, and it wasn't good. I was ready to preach. I was on go. I was just going to coast through polishing my 11 o'clock thoughts, and everything was going to be fine. I jumped out of bed. My allergies, since everything outside turned green, have went crazy, and my forehead looked like the elephant man. My eyes are still swollen all the way back to the back of my ears. I had big old knots, and I woke up, and I said, Oh, my Lord, I get a cold, wet rag, and I put it on my forehead, and I go lay in front of the fan, and I take some allergy medicine that I know is going to make me sleepy. Can't help it. I don't want to show up with, with, with big knots all over my head, you know, and it's still all red. I can feel it trying to flare up now as my body's heating up a little bit. And so there I am. I'm like, okay. And my wife comes in there, and she's so sweet and kind, and we have coffee together twice a day. It's our time. She comes in there, and my status makes me snap at her. I'm like, do something. She said, what am I supposed to do with that? Not it. Ain't nothing I can do for you. She got up and walked out, and I spent the next 10 minutes texting an apology, <laughs> hoping she understood it. She said, I love you. You're the best. And I looked at that and I said, she's lying. Because <laughs> I just fussed. My status wasn't good. And so I projected that on the closest person to me. Oh, folks, we got to learn something. We got to start declaring the good things. We got to start declaring the status. I should have woke up and said, ain't I handsome? You know, I look like an MMA fighter, got big cauliflower ears. I mean, I'm just messed up. But I should have just got up and said, you know what? This is the day the Lord has made. We got a good speaker coming at 10 o'clock. I'm excited. Then when that text hit, immediately, because what I'm already dealing with, the enemy said, that joker probably didn't want to drive from Grand Prairie. And your mind starts working on you. Because he's already told me he got to preach somewhere at 2. And I said, well, if he ain't going to be here at 10, how's he going to make it there at 2? <laughs> I know he ain't lying to me. I know he ain't cutting up. But it's, it's how your mind thinks. And it starts developing your status, who you are and how you're supposed to feel. We've got to put our status out there as positive. Come on. And that don't mean be a liar. Just don't share the status if it ain't good. It's not always time to tell the truth. I didn't say it's time to lie. I just said you ain't got to always tell the truth. 
Everything you've done last night, it probably ain't time to tell it just because it's true. If you're going to tell it, tell the truth. But sometimes it's just not time to tell the truth. It's time to just hush. Just be quiet. Don't tell it all. Our status, our text. Some people are praising God on ministerial site the other day. I say the other day. It's, 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 it now, it's, it's been because I've traveled since then. It's, probably, it's been over a couple of weeks probably now. But I was reading on this, this, uh, this website that I'm a member of with all these pastors. And there's these people, and I get on there every week almost and say, two more baptized today. Praise the Lord. I don't get on there. And they're always, there's, some of the preachers on there are always fighting with each other about something. Take one little word out of a scripture and go, I mean, it's like, I'd fight you to the gates of hell over this scripture. Man, just hush. You're going to see that guy at general conference and he's going to tell his wife, look at that idiot right there. It's just, you're just going to sow discord. You're just going to throw, I mean, it's going to happen. And so I read this thing and this guy comes on here and says, this sight depresses me. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why. And he says, because everybody else is having revival. Everybody else is baptizing. Everybody else has new people coming to church and being filled with the Spirit. And, and life is changing in these churches. And my little old church can't even afford to have an evangelist. And I'm like, you probably need a new pastor. It's probably what you need. I mean... If it's the best status you can come up with is that everybody else's testimony makes you negative. Hello, I don't want to follow that guy. Here's another one. Let me finish that by saying, when you quit worrying about everybody else's status, half of what the world puts out there is a lie anyway. You know, I... I, I pulled up at North Park Mall because it's the closest P.F. Chang's about two months ago and there were two Ferraris sitting back to back there and uh, they were real, real nice. And I watched these women carrying these $2,000 purses and my wife's got one. It's expensive, but it was a gift. Somebody gave it to her. I'd have never bought it. And, uh, but, and I'm thankful for it. I mean, I'm thankful for it. But these, these, uh, it was people in this church, and I'm thankful for that. I mean that. But they walk up, they got these purses. You can tell that the, the shoes they're wearing I mean, you know, nothing they have is cheap. But they can't afford that car. So what do they do? Wow, the valet's not looking. He's parking another car. They run over there and they prop up. And their status is me standing in front of a mate green Ferrari and a mate orange Ferrari. Some call it matte mate. You do what you want to. But anyhow, it's dull. It don't shine. And here is their, here, here's the purpose. They're trying to elevate their status. The fact is, by the very nature of that picture, you're trying to make people think, I just showed up at North Park in this, ain't I something? Lie. But I did show up in my Pinto and eat the same food and shop at the same mall. <laughs> we got to quit worrying about everybody else's stats. Oh, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. The other one is story. Another one says your story. What, what is your story? A social story is a brief story that describes a social situation, including cues and appropriate responses. 
All right? It's my story. It's time that we take control of our story. We can either say I woke up sick or thank the Lord when I go to bed tonight, I'll be well. We can either say it's awfully early for church or thank God I get to go to church. I can get up and say, well, the 10 o'clock minister canceled on me at 829. Bless the Lord. I think I'll just hang up my shoes. It happens every time. Or I can say, you know what? The Lord's already dropped something in my heart. This didn't sneak up on him. If I'm right and I'm instant in season and out of season, I'll be ready for 10 o'clock. I can grope about it or I can capitalize on it. I can sneak another message in when I wasn't on a schedule. <laughs> I mean, I set the schedule, but still I wasn't on it. Amen. It's a story. It's time that we take control of our story. Hell is trying to take control of all forms of communication. The enemy wants to control the narrative of your life. He wants to write your story. He wants to make you compare your story and your status to everybody else. See, we got 10 or 11 preachers in the church and I always get a message and then keep sending them. Please don't ever think and, and, and understand this is why I didn't text this. I'm saying it out loud so you can understand my heart. I love it. There was a time uh, just the bishop and I and Brother David was just learning and the bishop bailed on me pretty quick. You know, and it was putting a whole lot of pressure on, on Brother David to, uh, to fill in. And so I was preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, virtually all the time every week. And it was getting heavy on me. That's a whole lot of messages. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of studying. And, and you never get to sit back and, and be fed. And it was taking its toll. But here's what I want to tell you about this. The narrative of my life, the enemy wants it to be a complaint. He wants it to, he, he wants people to be able to look at Christian, spirit-filled, Jesus-named people that have the power and the authority to take dominion over their life. He wants to twist the narrative of your life and control your story and compare your status. Oh. Here's, here's another one. I'm just going to tell you all right now. I'm going, I'm going to 9.50, just so you know. Uh, i got nine more minutes. I'm going to take them all because I got started a little late. Because somebody called. <laughs> feed, feed, feed. It says that on all your social platforms. It's a feed. Watch this. Your feed. Why would they call that your feed? Because a feed is what you take in. Boy, that one hit me right there. The devil knows what to call negative conversation and get people to buy into it in disguise. Feed is the here and now current for the past tense fed. That means you took that in. What you took in, what you took, what you took in, you learned from. What you took in, you had to digest. What you took in is what you expelled. That's what you were fed that day. What feed are you? What feed are you on? The enemy wants to control the feed. He wants to control the intake because if he can get the intake, he can control what comes out. 
What comes out has the power of the tongue to either deliver you. Whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to teach. It has the power to either deliver you or condemn you what you take in. Hell is smart enough to call this your feed. I'm going to give you this today. Wake up in the morning. Uh, China is going to take over Taiwan. And the Ukraine's about to collapse. And Bitcoin is gone. And the banking system's fixing to go to a one-world government. There's fixing to be a national army that's going to go door to door and take everybody's guns and take all the children under 12 and send them to all these big warehouses they're building. What else are they for? They're for Amazon. Do we need to see the negative in everything? I mean, I declare, I agree. There's a lot of things going on. But is that what I'm going to be fed every day? Or am I going to choose to say, you know what? If everything come against us, I'm posted. My post is here. My status is here. My text is here. My story is here. I love to go out and eat with positive people. I had an opportunity to do that this this past week. And uh, it doesn't happen a lot, but I had the opportunity to spend some time. And it it was so remarkable to eat with that couple. And nothing negative was said. Nothing. Well, let me backtrack. I said how silly somebody's post was. They kept posting this goofy stuff. And I said, man, that stuff's crazy person right there is out there. They got to get it together. I was the only one said anything negative. Had a reason to say it. Still don't make it right. But it was so refreshing to just sit there and eat a meal and talk about good things and this family and that family and the things that the Lord's doing and how great God is and not sit there and be challenged. Boy, it's nice to be fed some positive sometimes. Because when positive goes in, positive comes out. Oh, boy. That's our feed. Watch this. It's time we control what we're taking in. Oh, I got to hurry. I got six minutes. Here's, here's one right here that, that's just, oh, man. Here's one right here. Don't you do it. Here's one right here. Are you ready? Him and Brother Kelsey Allen are back there concocting music right now. But let me, let me just say this to you. The, the next one that's so big on these six billion members is filter. Filter. Every single social media app has a filter. You can take the hunchback from Notre Dame and a filter. And make him a 10. Now, this will date, my, my, this will date me a little bit, but you can make him Fabio. <laughs> hey, and if you know any new male models, shame on you. So, he was on the front of every cover in the 80s. Fabio, long hair, tan, muscled up, usually in a sheet, mostly see-through. You know how I know? Because I look at all the magazines on the rack while I'm checking out. And there he is. Fabio, the best looking woman, man in the world. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. A filter. 
Here's what it is. A filter. It can be a good thing. It can separate the content of your mind. You can filter some bad things out. Your oil needs a filter because little metal shavings can get inside of your engine. And they can end up in places where they destroy your engine. So it filters. Your transmission filters. Hey, most, most everything that's worth anything has a filter. Your mouth ought to have a filter. Everybody ought to have a filter. But let me just tell you this. Hell has perverted what a filter can do right for people and made it wrong. Do you know how many people have been what they call catfished? That's somebody saying they're somebody that they're not. You know why? Because they can put that filtered picture up on social media. I, I know that Brother Randy and, and Sister Crystal met on an on a apostolic website. And, and Brother Curtis had met Sister Patricia on an apostolic website. And we've got a few that met like that. But now, just since I know y'all are here and met like that. Yeah, oh, bro, yeah. Uh, 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 Brother Parker and his wife met on a, on a, on a spirit-filled same, same site. And, and so it can work as good. But let me show you something. If any of them would have showed up to the hunchback from Notre Dame, that filter became a lie. And if every time you tell your story, you have to put it through a filter to make it look better, it ain't a story worth telling. How many millions have showed up for that first date and sat down and the one they was talking to all the time walked by several times and they didn't have a clue that was them? That's a filter. Nowadays, a filter is a lie. You take a picture. I mean, I love everybody. Everybody is beautiful people in the sight of God. I got two minutes. Everybody's beautiful in the sight of God, but the fact is there's some ugly people out there. And sometimes I are one. I mean, there's just some people sometimes that it's just like the Lord quit on that one, you know. I mean, I mean, you know, that's just your mentality. You look at them and go, whoa, that one struck a new chord, you know. I mean, and it's okay. It's just a fact. I have people all the time say, isn't that baby, a brand-new newborn baby, beat up, been through the challenge of his life, head's all lopsided and eyes all cockeyed and, and arm is stuck behind him for months and all messed up. Gonna take a week to even look like a human. You know? Ain't he so beautiful? I take on a cough and have to go. All babies aren't beautiful. Some are. Hey, is this okay? I mean, this is the real, it's really where we live, isn't it? And so it's just a fact. But you can filter that baby up. I'll never forget Bentley was a pretty baby. But we had some pictures taken from a lady at that time that was in this church that was opening up her own photography shop. And by the time she got through with a filter, it didn't even look like my grandson. I said, he's got a big old fat David head. And she's done spread his cheeks out and made him look like he had a, you know, a square head and a rosy head. That boy's beat up. That ain't him. Don't put that out there on our feed. When they see him, they're going to know it ain't him. Let me quit. A filter's a lie. Start the music, brother. Go ahead, start the music. Just don't overwhelm me. I'm almost done. It's time to be honest about who we are, what we look like. Who am I in competition with anyway? I got a wife. I got three children, three sons-in-laws, four grandchildren. I'm not trying to compete with nobody. I'm already an old man. I don't need a filter. 
Be real. Hell would try to take over your conversation. Watch this. One more, viral. To go virus means, it's a relatively new word. To go viral means 100,000 likes or no word responses and 10,000 written responses. We've been through three years of viral. I don't need any more viral. Say stuff that ain't even true to try to get 100,000 people to like it or you can start making money on it on YouTube. Well, tell a lie for a dollar. One more share to repurpose, reuse, or pass along. It's time to quit sharing things that don't lift up the narrative of who we are and how we're supposed to be living. And I close with this right here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, it's time for our post to be true. Whatsoever things are honest, it's time for our text to be honest. Whatsoever things are just, it's time for our status to be just. Whatsoever things are pure, it's time for our story to be pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, it's time for our... It's time for our feed to be praise. It's time for our filter to have virtue. And it's time for our virus to be the Holy Ghost. Spread it to everybody you come in contact with. Let's stand and give the Lord a great hand clap. Thank you for six extra minutes. I needed every one of them. I love you. You're the best. You take control of what you say and how you live and how you present yourself. And it'll work out better according to Paul's words. I love you. God bless you.